Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe. And this is Season 2, Episode 16 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. It should air on October 14th, 2019. And um, we've got all sorts of things. We're going to talk about stuff that everyone is talking about right now. Talk about some old stuff that's been out for a while, but it's kind of new to us. And uh, a new shop where we can get some brews, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, let's first start with uh, Doc's Cider. So I know you said you were going to drink the can on this one, but mm. uh, how about this? Why don't you read it? Okay. And talk about talk about what it says, and I'll do the Ooh, tasting. I can see it. So let's see. So this is Doc's Cider. It's a pumpkin cider, 6% ABV. It says, a unique handcrafted pumpkin hard cider. A seasonal cider made from pressed New York State apples with roasted pumpkin, cinnamon, allspice, fresh ginger, and nutmeg. Contains sulfites, which is normal because that's how you kill, or that's how you prohibit the yeast. Yeah. All right, got a Facebook page and some other stuff. Oh, they also a distillery, it said. Yeah, they've got a distillery somewhere. I'm not sure what they distill, but that's kind of cool. So, everything's there that they talk about. There is a slight hint of that pumpkin seed taste yeah. like like uh, the roasted pumpkin mm-hmm. seeds that you could get like mixed in cinnamon but uh, it's not a very heavy pumpkin drink it's However, not. it is a really good cider yeah it's a good base cider semi-sweet you know it's not too sweet but it's also not dry and yeah the other things are they're kind of riders it's very much an apple cider with some pumpkin on it because you know you can really you know, ferment out almost all of that apple taste and then put other things on top of it, which is kind of what I was expecting, was that the flavor would mostly be from the other areas. But I kind of like this. I like this more than I think I, w- I expected to like it because I was expecting it to be just like pumpkin and spices. Yeah, I I, um, I wasn't expecting it to be a very heavy... I think I've had another Doc Cider before, okay. and, and uh, I wasn't expecting it to be a super, super heavy pumpkin flavor. Mm-hmm. Um but I do like like it has a very nice aftertaste of pumpkin that um, reminds me of the fall and of eating like pumpkin roasted pumpkin seeds and you know yeah. stuff like that. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with it. Um, let's talk about Trophy Brewing's "It's Fall, Y'all," and I'll read this can since I got it. You can uh, do the sip. Okay. So. Um, it is supposed to be a pumpkin spice stout with coffee and lactose sugar. Um, it's uh, from Slingshot um, Coffee Company. Ah, so Trophy Co- uh, Brewing with Slingshot Coffee Company. Um, and it is 5.4% ABV. It is a brewer from Raleigh, NC. So, uh, you know local people that's why we picked it up and uh picked it up at uh one of the local shops it's not far from here um mm-hmm. so you know chat we'll talk about that in a minute but uh what do you think it certainly got a good coffee flavor it certainly got good spices to it and it's got a decent smoothness i think from the the lactic sugars they're putting in the only thing i don't like about it is it's got a bit of a sour to it that isn't kind of like the sour you want, I feel. Like, generally when you want an ale that's got a little bit of a sour to it, you want that acidity like at the very front, where you kind of want it at the back. Well, this, this isn't is an ale. This is a stout. 
Well, I mean, that's just what I mean. Like, when you have something that has sour in it, like you get a sour ale, or you just any beer that has a sour note to it. Kind of want that up front, so it's like sour than smooth, or like smooth than sour. But it's kind of like in the middle, and it mixes in with all the other flavors. And I get it, it it's very much an acidity. It's not like a, a citric. Most of the time when you get like a sour ale, it's almost like a citricy sort of acid. Mm-hmm. It's generally added directly, or it's an acid blend. I think this is just the acidity of the coffee that just then doesn't sit well on top of some of the other things. I, you know, I don't know about that. Um, just keep, I keep taking sips of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's a very drinkable beer. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. I don't, I don't get any of that sourness. Really, it tastes, it has coffee flavors. It doesn't have a lot of pumpkin spice flavors. It's not mm-hmm. pumpkin. Yeah, it's pumpkin spice. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of pumpkin spi- spice flavors on the front, but on the back you get more of that mm-hmm. lactose and f- pumpkin. So, it, for me, it's got stout flavors, all those complexities, a bit of coffee, and some some uh, back end pumpkin spice. I wouldn't say it's my favorite fall beer, mm-hmm. uh, but it is a very drinkable yeah. beer. Um, it's not. It's a nice seasonal beer. Um, I, it wouldn't be the one that I'd go pick up all the time. I definitely, mm-hmm. I think as far as like pumpkin goes, the flavors that are in the dark cider are things that I kind of like more. Yeah. But as far as like a drink that I would just pick up and be like, I would want to drink this. I would pick the It's Fall Y'all mm-hmm. up in, at, at any point. Yeah, it's definitely um, not a bad beer. It's, it just it really has caught me off guard a little bit of that sourness. And, I'm re- and it's really just the acidity. And I'm pretty sure it's from the coffee because the same acidity you get from like a black coffee. Okay. It just it doesn't mix as well, and I think that's part of the nature of most stouts. It's like the the creaminess you're getting is from the lactic uh, sugars you're putting if you're in doing later. A, a milk stout. Yeah, which don't have like the fat that cream does, and it's the fat and cream that kind of binds to the acid. Right. So I think just for something that's coffee flavored and has like a milder coffee flavor, because it's mixed in with other stuff, it still has as much acidic bite as almost like a black coffee does to me. I gotcha. Um, I I don't get that because um, generally I get more of like a. Um, I, I I feel like I'm a little because I, I don't like black coffee normally. There mm. are some coffees that I. That I like as black, um, but generally I don't get that sort of acidic flavor from like uh, creamed coffee, mm-hmm. and I'm not picking it up in this. Is what I'm saying. Like I, I'm not picking up the same flavor that you are. Uh, so if there is like some sort of bitterness there, it's something that I'm not tasting. Maybe it's the difference between the sniffer and the maybe. And um, I wouldn't even call can. it a bitter. It, it's just acidity. It's mm-hmm. just um, you know, it's just. The, the acidic part of the coffee for me, because I, I drink my coffee black now, and I have for the last, I want the last few years always, like when we go out and study, I'll generally get the, the larger thing, but when I make coffee at home, I make it black, and right now, drinking a pumpkin spice coffee, my wife loves it, some Dunkin' Donut blend. Oh, yeah. And it very much has that flavor, a little bit of pumpkin spice, and I really like the coffee flavor in this. It just, it has more of that rioting acidity than I, I, got than I expected it to. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're picking up more of the... Um of the acid and the 
like some of the the bitter notes that you get in coffee that or maybe mm. maybe the yeah. uh, the the acid acidic sours that you get from coffee. Yeah, well, it's, it, acid is naturally sour. The ones that you can yeah. you can taste. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe it's saying that acid is there is a better way to put it because it tastes sour on your tongue, but it really is the acidity. So a little bit of a mixed review for this one then. So I, I don't know. Maybe it sounds like I'm being more critical because it's like the one part I don't like. But it is a good beer. I'd absolutely drink a whole can of it. You know, if I didn't see one of my more preferred ones on a menu, I'd still order it. it yeah, it's it's not the it's not the best beer I've ever had. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But for what it is, if I was if I had something on a, on a set of shelves and I had the choice between this Miller Lite and some other things like that, they're a little bit more standard. I'd probably choose this. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, so let's talk about Bottle Revolution. Just like a, a quick disclaimer, mm. they don't, you know, they're a local shop, but they, I, I haven't even talked to the people about, um, like podcasting or talking about them on here. So this is just more of a, hey, this is a cool place in town. Um, we're not getting anything out of it for for them to, you know, be talked about on air. Mm-hmm. Um. But um, it's not it's not far away from the Triangle in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, it's called Bottle Revolution, and if you're in town, you should check it out. It's uh, it's a small place. It's got a little bar in it. It's got some place to sit around and taste. They've got mm. some beers on tap. Uh, it feels very much like some sort of um, newer kind of place to go and, and drink beer. It's not really a bar. But it's mm-hmm. not really not a bar. Uh, it's kind of um, so. Uh, remember when we went to San Jose and we mm-hmm. went to uh, Aviator? Yeah, uh, it's kind of like that. Okay, it's got some nice style to it and everything. They sell some pretty unique beers, especially the ones from the area, and they've got some good seasonal beers too. Um, so if you like stouts and IPAs and things like that, you can go there and get some. I think you can get growlers filled. I'm okay. not 100 sure about that, but. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty neat place. I've been there twice. It's where I got beers for last podcast episode, and I got ones for this too. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. Um, I don't really have much else to say about that, and you haven't been there, so no, we can't really discuss it. <laughs> you haven't been in the new wine shop I go to, so we we got to trade one day. Yeah, we 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 should uh, maybe next weekend, um, yeah. like just go and and check them out before we record the next set of podcasts. Um, so. I got an RTX twenty seventy. Mm-hmm. Got that sweet, sweet ray tracing uh, for my high frame rate display that I only play at ten eighty p. So this is a completely overpowered card. Before anybody says anything, um, but I got it because you suggested it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm almost going to tell you like some of my experiences with it. You really mm-hmm. haven't. I mean. I had a GTX 970 in my computer before that, yeah. and I have two uh, GTX 1060s, and and I really just play, um, at you know 1080p because mm-hmm. um, I while 1440p is like a nice in between, and you get a lot of screen real estate and things like that. Um, my eyes aren't the greatest, and so when icons are really tiny, it's hard for me to see yeah. all the things. Uh, and there's still some programs that I use that don't. They just don't scale well. Don't scale yeah. well, yeah. Um, so with, with like a, an Apple computer, this is the one thing that I'm like, okay, Macs do this a little bit better. Their their high DPI scaling is mm-hmm. a bit be- better, um, and I it's it's more useful. Um, but 
I don't game on a Mac, and I don't yeah. really. Aside from, I still haven't replaced the machine that we used to do this. Aside from using it for some tasks where it relates to testing device connectivity for some of my work-related stuff, I really don't. I, I don't hate them. They're fine machines, but they're not my preferred mm-hmm. cup of tea. Um, so. You know, and, and I hate the new Mac, the new Scissor Switch clacky keyboard. I, I really hate that thing. It's uh, that is not. I don't like the way they sound. I don't like mm. the way they feel when I type on them. So, anyways, this isn't about <laughs> about Apple products. It's about it's about the RTX twenty seventy. So I've I played like streamed some games. I've I played a whole bunch. I mean, it was a really easy swap out, which mm-hmm. that's the way graphics cards are. Um, but the um, yeah, I mean it play it maxes out everything 1080p ultra uh, level. I've been playing like Doom and Witcher and mm-hmm. uh, some of my older games. I'm really looking forward to when um, the new um, uh, Cyberpunk game comes out. Uh, being able to play that on the PC and see how that looks on, with this thing. Um, but even though it's overkill. Eventually, I will get a higher resolution as things go forward. More and more stuff does higher resolution. Mm-hmm. So for the next couple of years, I will have a, a monitor that's 240 hertz, but you know, so it does 240 frames per yeah. second. I can push it to that that, um, but it also and being ultra wide, it's great. It's great mm-hmm. for like ultra wide gaming is awesome, um, but. Uh, and for productivity, it's great. Like whenever I'm doing labs or something like that on my main desktop, it's wonderful. Um, but but all that said, it it is uh, a it's overkill. <laughs> it's not loud though. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, it's running right now. Can't yeah. even hear it. it my, my my GTX 970 was much louder than yeah. the RTX. Yeah. Is. That that's kind of my favorite change from when we look at like where were GTX cards 10 years ago to where they are today because I bought my first like serious gaming computer um, probably in like 2009 so it was exactly 10 years ago um, and it was a GTX 285 which was the big card at the time wasn't that, the, wasn't that before they changed over to GTX it was GT 285 maybe I don't know now I thought it was a GTX let, me, let me look that up uh, whatever it was, it was the 285, and it was a jet engine. You turned that thing on, and you could hear it in the whole house. And it gamed well, but it pumped out a ton of heat, super loud. Um, so now that you know we got these cards that you boost them up to 100%, and you still barely hear them, that's that's kind of nice. No, you're right. It's a GTX 285. That that was right. I believe that was right after they changed over to the GTX. Yeah. yeah. From from like the the GT or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, that, I, I never had that card. Yeah. Know. It's, I went from, so here's the thing. Another reason why, you know, I recommend you can go ahead and get the more powerful one future proof is I hold on to computer hardware for a long time. I do too. I went from G, the GTX 285 to a 980 Ti and I had nothing in between. I just ran the 285 into the Did, ground. Didn't you have a GTX 750 at some point in time? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you said you did. No. Oh. This went straight from uh, 285 to the 980 Ti. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I I have that 970. I've been using it. I had it for 
a year and a half before you got your 980 Ti. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been using it since it. I mean, pretty much it came out. Uh, I was one of the. There's one of the. Yeah, yeah. I got that MSI car around the time that came out. Um, this is the most I've ever spent for a graphics card. I mean, the every other cards I've always bought, it's been somewhere between two hundred and three hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. I think my GTX nine seventy was three sixty five or three seventy. Uh, or I'm sorry, two seventy or two. It might have been two ninety nine. At max, it was it was like right at three hundred dollars. I don't remember one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I know that 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 at that time was the most I'd ever spent on anything uh, that was like a graphics card or gaming related. And I think it my my whole system was like twelve hundred or thirteen hundred dollars yeah. with that. This was like four eighty. Oh yeah, they <laughs> they get expensive now. I think that's the thing that's really held me off on doing certain updates is that you know the new car drops and it's like oh man look at all this cool stuff it has it's also 800 to a thousand dollars when they're when they're brand new it's like wow that's no well i i mean exactly i'm not gonna buy um a 2080 ti mm-hmm. or, or a 2080 super but even the 2080 is like eight hundred dollars yeah um and the the RTX 2070, you know, it, it, when the Super dropped, it went down a little bit in price. It, like, got $50 off, $60 mm-hmm. off. But it really didn't drop in price. Yeah. Now, the, the 1060 dropped a little bit in price compared to the 1660 mm-hmm. and the 1660 Ti. Um, and there's supposed to be a Super variant of that coming out pretty soon. So, those cards, I, I considered getting the 1660 instead mm-hmm. of the, the 2070. But, um, I mean, ultimately, well, I also considered getting the 2060 instead of yeah. that. Because I don't SLI game, and I'm only doing 1080p. So I th- I'm, I'm going to admit, I've never seen the point in, like, releasing the Supers, like, six months, a year after. Like, the same thing, like, when, it, when you flagship and when you say, okay, I'm going to have 1060, a 1070, 1080, and a 1080 Ti, and they're all available at launch. I think that makes sense, because you get the, like... People's budgets, how far in do you want to go? But then when you're like within a year releasing newer versions of it, I've always thought that was weird. And, you know, maybe I'm 100% wrong on this because they've got their own market people. Surely they're not making just dumb decisions. But it's like if you get the enthusiasts who are like, man, I want to go buy a new card right now. I'm going to always have the newest thing. That'd be a real hard sell for me to be like, okay, now get a new graphics card a year later. It's <laughs> just a little bit better than your current one. Well, they're. they're... They're generally not just a little bit better. They're like generally somewhere between fifteen and twenty percent faster. In yeah, s- but they're not. Thing. They're not better than the card line higher. It's generally what gets me. Yeah, like the 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 highest level one. Then having a TI makes sense. So it, this this is like the Intel and AMD discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, it is because there is a, a severe lack of competition in that space. Yeah. There isn't. There isn't like somebody who's really at 1080p. There are plenty of people that are competing with Intel. That's why those cards are still so low. But mm-hmm. at 1440 and 4K, there's just nothing that competes yeah. with Intel. And so they can create these artificial, you know, yeah. movements. So, yeah, that's well. Yeah, I, I didn't mean I, I wasn't trying to shut you no, down. No, no, but just, yeah, it, it's true. It's as I, I just was looking at it recently when I saw that the other ones are getting TIs. I was like, well, who's buying this? Like, 
if you were gonna if you wanted something a little bit stronger than the 1060 you would have just bought the 1070 but now it's like well get this thing that are kind of in between somewhere and I get it that like the customers that come afterwards it makes sense you know now that someone that's gonna buy a new card for the first time they've got 1060 and 1060 Ti maybe they spend a little bit more on the 1060 Ti or something like that but I've, a lot of graphics card sales are at the very beginning like when yeah. the first drop people flood to them but now you're releasing a product after your market has diminished some well, that but it, that's the whole point. You release something that's got a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, power. It it's something that you can get hype for, and you can continue hype for that. And then you get a spike in sales. I guess time. it just it seems like the very sort of Apple-y, I'm going to release a new phone every year, and it's going to be just slightly better. It's and I just exactly the same sort of thing. I just don't view people that are like I don't view gamers that are buying graphics cards as the sort of people to get Apple. -y. So the the only thing that I that really keeps me from like going to something like an AMD or mm -hmm. something like that for my graphics cards um, because I'm probably not going to use Intel processors for my next build uh, but the only thing that keeps me from going to AMD for my graphics card is that it doesn't support the in-home streaming that I like to use mm -hmm. that the NVIDIA graphics cards do um, I, I, I don't I, I'm not 100% sure that it doesn't support any in-home streaming so I don't want to say mm -hmm. that but it doesn't do the the like I can't stream to my shield or anything like yeah. that. My shield TV uh, works best with my graphics, but with my you know mm -hmm. GTX and RTX cards, which is unfortunate because that means that's a technology that doesn't play well with the others. I yeah. use it, I enjoy it, but you get pigeonholed into it, and that's right. like the problem with technologies like that. That yeah. you know now you. Technology should be giving you more freedom, but now it probably feels like to you that it's restricting your freedoms. It does. It absolutely restricts my freedoms, and it makes me unhappy about that. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, overall, even now, which is a bit later after the 2070 was released, the twenty the RTX 2070 is a rocking card. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it just it burns through my games, no problem, especially at 1080p. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everything's maxed, uh, getting like 200 frames per second yeah. on everything, no dips, uh, G-Sync on, all that stuff. There you go. Um, so it's great. So let's talk about something that everybody can probably hear, which is this new split-level AC. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if you can see that little white box over there. Uh, but yeah. it's a uh, it's a thermostat mm -hmm. that uh, is from Honeywell. It's a pretty neat thermostat. Does all sorts of like mm -hmm. cool things as far as like gadgety stuff. Uh, I can even connect it to an app that lets me uh, Wi-Fi control set the temperature mm -hmm. via Wi-Fi. I, I I think I can set it away. It's not like a Nest learning thermostat. I mm -hmm. didn't want anything like that. Yeah, those Nest thermostats are kind of. A pain in the batukas mm -hmm. to, to most people like me because they try to predict things that I don't want to predict. But you can't you can't put routines on it and stuff like that. So it's got yeah. a little bit of automation built into it. It uh, it does when it's on um, push a lot of air into this room. It does. Um, but considering that this room is almost, it's a little bit smaller. Than the first apartment that my wife and I moved into, um, I think it's you know maybe um, 
three three or four hundred square feet smaller. Yeah. Um, considering that this thing is, and, and it was hot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This room used to get pretty warm, and I noticed you've actually got two AC vents in here. Did they put got both three. in? Okay, got, got three. Get the one behind you, mm-hmm. one over there, and over the my one desk, the wall and the one in the wall. The one in the wall is the only new one. Okay. So they, they so this is a smaller one. That's a bigger one. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how this all works, but these two wouldn't push out the amount of air that it needs to. Yeah. And this is a split level system now. Yeah, so yeah. it's tied to the same system that my downstairs mm-hmm. is, but uh, or or my uh, second floor is, mm-hmm. but the um, it has a of a damper in it that yeah. will shut off the airflow whenever it's um, it, it's got uh, too much going through. Yeah, the yeah. only thing that it can't do is run like it won't heat downstairs on the second level and cool up here. Okay. Yeah, but you're right. It, it's a good AC system. It's very pretty cool in here, but it does get a little loud. And I'm wondering if you because we had this problem in my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. Because um, they had a, a, a three-story home, or really it was two stories in the basement. Right. Uh, but they were all AC. They sell little. Um, I think they're technically filters. They're uh-huh. supposed to be little air filters you put in your vent. But they do a good job of like redistributing the air and slowing the flow down a little bit. So I wonder if you just like slap one of those in there because that's the only one that really seems to be making that much noise. And I know you guys are just seeing me in the, the new one <laughs> in the context. <laughs> If uh, if that would cut down the noise a lot, I you know I don't know. I no one seems to notice it over the phone when I'm in mm-hmm. meetings. It's just when we're here and and like when I'm sitting on the like here playing video games or yeah. doing something like that, it's not not a big deal. So yeah, it's not overly loud. It's just something that when the room is quiet, you, you definitely hear coming through. Yeah, and it's and got I, the very uh, like the forceful noise you can tell. It's just like the vent isn't quite large enough to handle the the amount of air it's trying to push through. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely a a thing, but it I mean it keeps the room cool and I'm happy and that's that's all that matters to me. So uh, I mean it's it was a good it was a good decision. It's expensive though. Yeah, um, ACs always are. Yeah. but they last a long time. Well, it, 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 it uh, I could have just got the AC and it would have been much less expensive. Mm-hmm. This was AC and furnace, so okay. they replaced everything. Um, yeah, but you kind of want you want those to be in line because you don't, otherwise you're playing this game that you got to replace them every five years. If one goes bad, yeah, then the other one goes bad about five years later. This should be a twenty year system. There you go. What, what, what they said. Um, so it it should it should do all the things that I want it to for the next twenty years. I'm hoping that I can uh, put a, a solar system on the roof too. Mm-hmm. Um, so got some got some plans to be able to make some of that work. Um, a bit differently, but I might even be able to take out the uh, things that make my room a little darker mm-hmm. um, and just tint the windows um, and still keep my skylights up here so to, to keep my room a bit brighter up yeah. here. Um, don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have to worry about the heat as much anymore. So Yeah, well, it does, I don't have to worry about it at all. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll keep this room cool. And I'll probably... Um, Unless it's a particularly cold day, I'll probably you know let the second floor and this do something that where it'll do uh, heat and AC. It'll just keep it like at a temperature yeah. where it'll heat it up or cool it down. I'll probably set it like sixty five in the winter, mm-hmm. um, and and see see how that works. Um, but yeah, it's it ended up being a pretty good thing. 
So I'm happy with the split level AC. If you've got an office on the third floor and you live someplace that's warm, yeah. and I know that, that uh, there are people that worry about like the environment with having air conditioners and things like that. Look, I'm, I'm not suggesting that everyone has this. I'm just saying in a place like the American South where, mm-hmm. uh, or India, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. if you have the option to do those things, I cannot recommend it enough yeah. if, if you're in a spot that's that is too too warm. Yeah, and here's the thing. I mean, even even if you're in a normal place, you're saying, Oh well, I don't want to have as much AC I would be much more inclined to drop the AC on your bottom floor because that's your coolest floor. Yeah. You know, the problem you're gonna get with a third floor without any AC at all is all the hot air just yep. moves up and it just starts accumulating. And I don't know if you've got even an attic above this, but it accumulates nope. there. And so it's, you don't even no, have it's an, the only attic space. Yeah, so you don't even right. have like a higher level for it to go to. Nope. You know, if you didn't have anything, this room would get to easily 80, 90 during the summer or it, higher. Oh, it, it um, without AC, mm-hmm. when when that went out, this room was like 105. Yeah, it gets crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was hot up here. Uh, I had to turn off all the electronics mm-hmm. to keep them from overheating. Uh, and when when we had the old AC unit in, it wasn't cooling this room properly, so it was always ten degrees warmer up yeah, here yeah. than it was down down below, um, which was just miserable. I'd have to make it, you know, sixty five to keep it at seventy five up here, mm-hmm. which I is is terrible for everybody below us. So and also terrible for my uh, electric bill. So play pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I subscribe to it like I said I would. Uh, $2 a month. Don't mind spending $2 a month for an experiment. Um, it is true they have apps on top of games. Mm-hmm. The majority of everything that's in there are games. And they have, you know, like 300 apps that you can use. Mm-hmm. 95% of them are games. Some of them are utilities that you can use. Um, the utilities, the the apps that are like more utility apps... They're not as, um, they're not, not, not like the, the most popular utility apps or whatever. Yeah. A lot of those are free anyways, but you're not going to get something like Netflix or something for yeah. $2 a month. Well, I think that's, that's the thing you're going to run into with play. And that's, this isn't a dig against play. This is just think of yourself as the developer of a piece of software. You've put in-app purchases in it, especially if you're making a game, you're going to put your game in play. If you think that your profits are going to be higher, if it's in play. You've got a super, super popular game with tons of in-app purchases that people constantly have in-app purchases for. Or you've got like a killer app that has tons of in-app purchases that most people buy. You're not as inclined to go to something like Play. But Well, maybe. Uh, so, like, uh, if, you, if you put things on like a Play Pass, um, then you're going to get a definite, a definite recurring revenue for as long as that app is in there, even if people aren't necessarily... Yeah, well, that's the thing. It depends on what that model looks like. Because there's plenty of um, streaming services where that's not the case. That you, the money you get is based on number of installs or number of use time for value. And for something we're not, how much much is the pass? It's uh, $5 a month. $5 a month. And so, you know, that's that's the line of it, of, of any streaming service is, do I make more money having it outside of it or inside of it? And I think at the beginning, you're, you'll get a couple of big ones that are going to throw their hat in just to see. But the, probably there's a lot of apps that are just kind of waiting to see how that plays out. If it plays out favorably, boom, you're going to get a flood of people. If it doesn't play out favorably, maybe you don't. But that's, uh, you know, this isn't even about play. That's just how these streaming services in general 
generally go. But so this I'm interested a, to see where this, it goes. This isn't a streaming service. The, these well, it's, it's a, yeah, but it's the like the subscription yeah. sort of. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know what the technical word for that is. It's a but, it's a subscription service. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I I'm I am not. Th- this is not me saying go mm-hmm. out and get this. Just just giving you an update that I I did the thing. Uh, I have Play Pass now on my phone and my tablet and things like that. Mm-hmm. There are some useful things that you can get out of it. I could see, especially if you don't have to buy it for like a year, but it's only yeah. 60 bucks for a year, so it's kind of the same as like doing something like getting a Spotify or something like that. Mm-hmm. It does not replace buying, like having a, something that you already buy. And, and I mean, I, I kind of miss the days where I could buy pieces of software, physically have them, and install them on my computer because I actually like even if that software uh, company decides that they're not going to have that software anymore yeah. or they're going to go to a next version of it or something like that I still have that that software right mm-hmm. I wish I could do that with phones and things like that yeah um, well, that reminds me I was reading this a little bit ago someone reminded me of the time period when Flappy Birds got taken off uh the app store yep. and people were selling phones that had Flappy Bird installed for like thousands of dollars because yep. you couldn't get it anymore and yeah, that's just a weird thing but it's also the, like yeah at any point that app person can decide that they don't want to have their app on the store anymore and it doesn't matter what purchases you made it doesn't matter what downloads you have of it you know it's gone unless you just happen to have that copy on your phone yeah exactly but even then now that everything's server enabled it probably wouldn't work anyway yeah, exactly. If they if they shut down a service or something like that, um, you know, MMOs, things like that, they they're fun for a while, but they're very ephemeral. Yeah. And so, um, you know, unless you get a private server that you can that you can stand up and play, which there's some debate as to whether or not that's even allowed and legal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I'm um, I I however for two dollars a month. It seems like a, a decent deal to be able to have some pretty good games. They've got like Stardew Valley and some other things like that that are really good mobile games. Um, they're also very good on the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I prefer to play them on PC. Um, I, ha- I actually have kind of a Stardew Valley addiction. I mm-hmm. play it on PC. <laughs> I have it on my Switch. And I have it on my PS4. There you go. And I've, I've avoided it because I'm worried I'll like it too much. Oh, you, you I would. Because I used to play like Rune Factory and stuff like that all the time. You, you would love Stardew Valley. And it has a multiplayer component for PC. Oh, really? So, like, yeah, you and okay. you and your wife could play it together if you wanted mm-hmm. to. You know, kind of like, like a better version of Animal Crossing. You know how people mm-hmm. would play Animal Crossing together and, like, yeah, do stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I, I can't recommend it yet because I haven't had it long enough. Mm-hmm. But I would say that if you're interested in it, now is the time to try it out because it's the cheapest it's probably ever going to be. It's never going to be free. And you can grab it, you can use it, and play around with the stuff that mm-hmm. they have on it. And it looks like they're adding new stuff to it. So Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got some neat stuff. But it is by no means a replacement for buying the apps that you want to have yeah you know period so let's talk about let's talk about the the big thing that we're going to talk about which is the 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 american company and china drama now mm-hmm. uh before we go into this this is not about politics anyone that wants to listen to this whether you know you're regardless of what side you're on 
you know, there are people on both sides of this, whether it's, you know, they, they think they should be uh, mm-hmm. part of China or they think they shouldn't be. You know, there's Taiwan, Hong Kong, uh, some of the other places that China says is theirs, and those people say no. Yeah. Uh, and there's like some, some um, you know, problem there. Um, but specifically what, from a technology standpoint and from like a, I guess, corporate ethics, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we both kind of work professionally in this space, where do you have your... Where, where, at what point do you say, I'm, not, I'm either not going to get involved in this because it is mm-hmm. not my place to get involved, or I, you know, like this group of people over here are the people that really kind of made me what I am, and they pay and have mm-hmm. been paying my bills for a while. And while I know if I really like try to appease these people over here, mm-hmm. I'm going to get like more profit in the future. However, if I make these people angry, they may not stick around. Yeah, there's a certain amount of hubris when when you when you're an Apple or a Blizzard, mm-hmm. uh, an Activision, you know, which Blizzard and Activision are the same company, or a Disney, you know, like, like when you you think, oh, these people will buy my stuff no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the the. The talk that I'm ha- that that I'm, I'm putting out there and, and getting your opinion on is so where like at what point is it is it not okay to be a company who they set their policy that's just based on profit like where do you stop? Yeah. Well, okay, so this is going to be probably a mix of popular and unpopular opinions for me. On one hand, as a company, I understand your point of existence is to generate revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your employees go off of that revenue, your stockholders go off of that revenue. The whole point of a company is to make a product and to make profit, unless you're registered as a different type of company, like a nonprofit or a charitable or something like that. Um, I think we hit a point where, like, China invests a lot of money outside of their own country. They're, they're one of the biggest in the world, even more than the U.S. Um, we, the U.S. money is not as fluid as Chinese money right. is. Um, when you look at some place like Blizzard, that forty percent of their player base is in China. That suddenly becomes a—I don't know if you can have the argument of, well, I'm trying to appease people for new money. I mean, that's current money. When your player base is forty percent in China, that's you know, that is your player base. Well, it's a play. A lot of their player base that that's in China are not for their. That like the games where they get a lot of recurring revenue. Most of that stuff. It's forty percent of their profit comes from. It is. It is forty percent of their profit, Um, but it's they're not playing necessarily the games that. That's true. They might not play the same game that you play. They might. You know, they're doing their own thing. But it's a large part of their company. But that that's not even the part I'm upset about. You know, you find your customers where you want to find your customers. Who cares? The part that. I disapprove of, and I think a lot of people, maybe not to the same laser focus as I'm going to, is that there is a real double standard here in enforcement. I think ethically, as a company, when you make your rules of business, they should apply evenly everywhere. Right. And they don't. We we constantly see, like when we see with Apple, someone made an app, and that app went through review, and it got approved, and it got released... But then government said, you know, we, we kind of don't, we don't like this. 
So they took an app off of their store, which it's their right to do. But then they reviewed it again and had modifications made and released it again. So this fits into their terms twice. And then government says, well, I still kind of don't like it. So they take it down again. They're, you know, releasing standard packages for like, what national flags do I have? And then suddenly you start taking other countries' flags and replacing them with the flags of a different country. Right. You know, that's that's kind of shady. Or when we hit on Blizzard and we're talking about, well, you know, they suspended this guy and they took his prize money, which is 100% within their terms of service, but they're not applying it evenly. The, exactly. The BlizzCon last year, they had the whole thing that they did where they had the entertainer during the concert, or was mm-hmm. it the year before last? I can't remember. One one of the, the where um, there was a big thing about um, the the um, guy that went over to England and was in the Venezuelan embassy. Oh, my oh God. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Snowden. No, not Snowden. The uh, the other guy. He just he just got caught. <laughs> they just they just released him. Oh, uh, oh yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, not Snowden. Snowden's uh, the, the older guy. Yeah. Uh, well, this this guy's the, the older guy. A sailor uh, or something like that. No, his name's not a sailor. Uh, man, I can't I can't believe that I have totally blanked on that name. Uh, which is not no. I know the, you're talking about the, that. Assange. Julian Assange. Assange. Yeah, the yeah. A guy. Yeah. So so Ju- Julian Assange. Like during their broadcast in mm. it, like globally for BlizzCon, they were um, sitting there talking about like they had a guy on there making comments about that whole mm. thing the whole time, uh, trying to be funny and make jokes about it. It was very political, and there were a lot of people that were offended. And Blizzard was like, "Yeah, sure, this was great. This Who was cares? awesome. Yeah. Who cares?" I mean, even even the other side of it, they've had since this just recent one happened. Other teams from other countries do the same thing. No punishment to them because really what this looks like, and you can say, well, it's because they didn't want to do anything again because all the spotlight on them, but it just feels like, oh, well, this person who said it wasn't in this other country that seems yeah. to be getting different sets of rules. So, you know, that person got banned that these people won't. Yeah. And I think that's that's where my issue is. You know, you're if you're going to have a company... I understand you're about profit. You're going to find your customers where you can find your customers. But you have to have equal rules. I mean, I think, especially as an American company, because really I feel like America is founded on the idea that everybody's free and everybody's treated equal. So you're already skirting lines with like, a, okay, you're doing a lot of business in countries that maybe aren't so free. But then at the same time, you're switching around and said, okay, but now also everybody's not equal. Well, the, so that, but that's my point. Like, so you were talking about 40%. You would rather keep that forty percent happy than and treat your sixty percent of people that are from you know your the other market. Most mm-hmm. of them in the U.S. or one of the countries that has these values. Yeah, in the West. In the West, yeah. And um, you would rather just like alienate them to have the 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 other people appeased. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they treat. The, the other thing that I find to be very... And, and I mean, I, I canceled all of my... Yeah. Well, my, that's why I've heard so much about it, because my wife has as well. She's played Overwatch almost every single day for years, and she uninstalled it and deleted her account. Yeah. I just, I, well, I, I didn't... I, I mean, I didn't delete my accounts. I guess I, I could go and, and do that. Uh, I didn't even think to do that. But I, I, I completely can't... Like, I played mm-hmm. World of Warcraft for years, had a running... Um, 
thing. I just quit playing the game because I was playing Classic WoW and I loved it. As a matter of fact, I was slated to talk about mm-hmm. how much I was enjoying Classic WoW and how it's the best WoW. But now I, I mean, I just I won't play it, and and it's because I don't want my money going to a company that is going to support things that I'm that that I, I really yeah disagree I think, with. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's where the customer hits them. Yeah, it's, as a company, I'm not sure it's their responsibility to care about the laws in the countries they do business as long as they follow the laws. But you have to be prepared for your customers to say. Hey, look! I don't agree with X that's happening, you know, in in another market you do business in, and so I'm not going to purchase your products. I mean, that's been a a big thing that, like, even before this sort of stuff, Apple and Nike have been fighting with how do their factories work. You know, yeah. there, there comes a point here as a customer, you 100 percent are allowed to say, you know, I don't like X practice you do, um, and but this is just highlighting to me that like if you're going to have different practices for different groups of people. I think that becomes a business ethics problem. Yeah, I that, think that becomes that's that's more yeah. my problem. Like from a business business ethics standpoint, not not like I'm not I don't I'm not even making a statement about whether I'm, you know, for the hmm. the problems that are going on or against the problems that are going hmm. on between China and Hong Kong. Um, uh, you know, I have my personal opinions about that. I'm not not pro China, but I don't I, I don't necessarily think that I need to be involved in what's going on in in, mm. in Hong Kong either. So like I, I mean, not not trying to to make that sound that way, but that that's not my my point. My point is we that this not our place to necessarily get involved, and we sometimes do, and that's not cool. But that's like a governmental thing, yeah. and companies aren't really supposed to be like trying to punish people legally mm-hmm. ethically i find that problematic if you if you want something legally done you go to a government you let them do that companies should not be in in the business of running a government and sometimes that happens um or like making legal decisions for things mm-hmm. or trying to punish people to make them act or behave a certain way and and when when that happens, I'm like, hey, you know, if I was your employee, how would you treat me? And if yeah. and as your customer, it, or do you think that I'm the same sort? Because this guy was a customer too. Um, do you think that I'm kind of the same way? Where um, you're gonna, you if I do something that's that's socially acceptable, you're cool with that until it starts to look like it's gonna you know, hurt your bottom line or something mm-hmm. in another country that doesn't have anything to do yeah. with me. Well, it, it's the same flip side that, like, you know, I don't think anybody in the West is pro-censorship. And there's been a lot of talk the last couple of years, is there censorship in some charts of big tech? Like, are certain political views favored or not favored? And these companies come out and they say, absolutely, we do no censorship whatsoever, you know. If you feel that, like, our search algorithms are bad, you know, that's you know, we just go off of what people want. These are what people want. We don't ban particular apps or games or whatever. Yeah. And I, the jury's out on whether or not that stuff happens here in America. But when those companies that say, absolutely, we would never do that, that's against our core values, oh, but wait, hey, let's just go do this thing in China real quick. Like, that's, again, that's not equal apply. Yeah. It's a hard time to trust a company to say that they support your values when you see them immediately turn around and support a different set of values. And, and exactly. And we, and we both agree on that. And I mean, I just, I can't, 
I, I can't sit here and say from a from a technology standpoint, you know, we're thinking about like the a company should be doing things that protect the environment. A company should be trying to make the world a better place. I mean, even like a video game company should be should be trying to, you know, hey, we're going to try to make our servers greener. We're going to try to have more solar power. We're going to try to do this. We're going to try to do that. You know, use low flow to- toilets in our bathrooms. I mean, whatever it is, you want the companies that you become involved with um, to be ethical because if you're giving them money to be sustained for however many years, then, and you want the, you know, the, this world to be around for your kids. Um, and they, they should be doing things that are, and I, I feel like before when I was trying to say this, I was going off a little bit weird tangenty, but, um, that you, they should be doing things that uphold those values. Mm-hmm. If you're giving them money, you know, you're voting with your with your dollars. They they shouldn't be, you know, trying to dissuade governments from doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be doing stuff like that. We had companies in the past that did that stuff. We still have companies now that do it. Uh, no company is good or your friend. And if at any point that company starts, you know, misbehaving, they need to get smacked. It's uh, it's like um. Uh, or you know, it's so, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, they need to feel that pain so that they will quit doing that thing. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's the thing with the customer. I feel like, especially here in America, we're barely kind of like neutral and disconnected from that most of the time, or at least I think like the average person is. That you know, you really got to think about who you're supporting outside of just like what is the product I'm getting from them, you know. There's, there's 150 people that'll sell you any particular thing. Or maybe even more. I mean, go to Amazon, search random items. There's, it's everywhere. Right. You know, nobody's the sole maker of one thing unless it's a name brand. Even then, there's other brands for it. So you really kind of got to pick the companies you support based on, like, who are really supporting value. I mean, almost think about it if, like, if... Every time you purchase something, your you know your money is is changing hands the same as you were giving to like a charity or you were giving to anybody else. You know, yeah, they're giving you X product, but what else is that money going towards? And just try and be you know conscious about that. You know, that's why I don't buy shoes that get made in sweatshops. And I mean, the shoes that get made in sweatshops are good shoes. They're yeah. nice shoes. Sometimes they're cheaper than the shoes I buy. But at the same time, I I don't want to support that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I try to, I, like, I don't buy Nike, I don't buy Reebok, mm-hmm. I don't buy things like that, because I'm worried that that those things are things that get made. In, and if I find out that a company that I'm, you know, but that, I mean, that's more like my personal opinion from like a... Yeah, well, that's I, true, but that's the thing. It's everybody's personal opinion. Yeah. Everybody kind of gets to make that decision, and that's just, that's what I kind of want more people to see out of the stuff that's happening with these companies right now is, you know, we start looking at Apple and saying, well, Apple has done this terrible thing or Blizzard has done this terrible thing and they're a business trying to make money. And we personally don't agree with what they're doing. And apart from, you know, we're going to have separate sets of rules for separate people that might get into like a legal ethical territory. But outside of that, there's nothing illegal about Nike using a, a factory in China. It's just that if we don't like it, we just got to stop buying their shoes. Right. Like, that's the only power that we have is to just say, hey, I don't like X. I'm not going to support X. And it really is also as simple as that. Because when the company is there to make money and we say, okay, well, we've made special rules for this 40%. 
because we want to keep that 40%. Oh, but hey, now we're really starting to lose people in the 60%. They got to make a business decision. Do we keep the 40% or do we try and get back part people in the 60%? And, you know, that's their prerogative, what decision they make. Right. Your only prerogative as a customer should be whether or not you feel like you should support the people you're supporting. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I totally agree with that. I, 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 I mean, look, a lot of these companies, all the things that they've done, they're lawful evil. You know, they, they, to use a and d term, they're, they're definitely doing things that are morally wrong, but it's well within their rights to do. Um, so I don't necessarily have an issue with that. It's the, it's the, we, we're, we're trying to, it's the two-facedness. Yeah. We're trying to, to say we're ethical and good and show this face to you, but really we're not going to do that when it comes, when it comes down to it, we're going to sell out. And there's a line like I, if I needed a job and I had to survive, I might work for a company that I don't necessarily like, Hmm. but I'm, I, I sure as heck wouldn't go work for Blizzard. You know, I mean, if they if they were like, hey, we need a network architect tomorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, we need somebody to come come work for us, um, I would probably I'd, I'd have a really hard time accepting that, even if yeah. it was like, you know, three hundred thousand dollars a year or well, they've had senior employees bonus. walk out. Yeah. I feel like, you know, who knows where the line between? I think it's Activision that bought them out and Blizzard is, yeah. but I know a lot of. Older Blizzard employees are really starting, even before this, starting to speak out. They don't like the direction the company is going. Yeah, and you know that sucks because you know I, I feel like there was a time, like when my dad was was how old I was and in his first jobs, that really companies were built by their employees. That you know a, a company was its employees, and it was a big deal if a you know employee started to feel like they didn't like where a company was going. And at some point, that changed and. Well, the, you know. it it changed when the uh, when the stock market um, became the the so looking at um, investor relations and at the um, the dividends that you give to your investors as mm-hmm. your stockholders are the the people that you're trying to keep the happiest. So your your number one responsibility is to keep them happy instead of looking at, at like just uh, an agreement between mm-hmm. two people. Um, when that happened. And that, it, especially in America, that really changed the way that companies operated. They started doing things less. And we always had companies that did unethical things. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, America like had this idealistic thing. Mm-hmm. We had we had reporters that told lies. We had we had bad things, but we we the the values that we had where it came to. What most people wanted to uphold were very different, and during those time periods, and so at at the point where a company became publicly traded, that is generally a sign that they are switching from um, being concerned about what is necessarily right or fits in the values that they've always had, to their value is just for stockholder profit, and yeah. they may make some really shady decisions at that point, or make some completely unethical decisions just to keep the stockholders happy so more people will buy stocks and they'll get more of that revenue that mm. way. Um, okay, so that's a depressing thing to end on. Um, yeah, so, you know, vote with your... Whatever you want to do as a consumer is yeah. up to you. Not Definitely not making any political stances here. That's so just, not, just vote with your dollars. It's your yeah. money. 
and you gotta just treat it like you know this is not money they deserve because they made X product this is your money you're choosing to give them and yep. just think about it as if you were just giving a random person the street money or you were donating to a charity you know do apart from the product you receive for donating do you support the things they do sometimes it's sad when they do crappy things but uh it's it's better to step away from it and from a technology and uh, the I, I think the everything wraps up into this from a technology and uh, you know kind of like standpoint of someone who's looking at it from that angle hmm. um, there is a certain amount of ethics that you have to have and when you can't be ethical to the group of people that's that pay money to you to do whatever or people that like really promote your your product mm-hmm. uh, or the the core things that made your product what they are because somebody doesn't like it and they can give you some more profit in the future or are currently contributing to your profit right now that is generally a way of alienating the people that have supported you because they liked the way that your company was doing business mm-hmm. yeah. all right so this is the uh Season 2, Episode 16, Beer and Broadband Podcast. Um, we'll be uh, checking you out next time. We do have a Twitter, so if you want to like contact us through Twitter, we'd love to hear you. Uh, otherwise, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. <laughs>